Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, hosting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. You are now inside the play call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today we have a very, very special guest, my guy, Najee, a.k.a. Get Out His Way, if you're coming your way. <laughs> Najee Davenport, what's up, boss? How are you? Good, what's good? I'm good, man. Just glad to be here, you know what I mean? Appreciate yeah, you having yeah. me. That a.k.a. Get Out Your Way, you coming, coming your way. Like, I live that, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, a, a small, young quarterback out there at Pitt playing against the U, number four coming through, like, man, what is this lineman playing running back? Like, who's this big dude coming through? Yeah. Like, so, so, so my, my thought was get low, hang on, and to the linebacker's going to help me help me get him down. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, those are good old days. And to the U, they was like, they used to call me big boy, and I never really – understood it and so I kind of went back and kind of looked at some of the dynamics of uh, of me like I was I was 6'2 like 235 as a freshman as a freshman yeah so and I was like I don't want to say I was I was just bigger and I was thicker than everybody else <laughs> so they called me big boy but I still had like a kid mentality you know what I mean so they they call me Big Boy to this day. <laughs> there it is. But you could move, though. You was agile. So we're going to get into your playing career. But you know the importance of stretching and warming up. I got a couple questions for you. If you could only listen to one music artist for 30 days straight, who you selected? I can't. I say Tupac. Ooh. That's a strong selection there. That's Tupac. I mean, you cover everything with Tupac. You cover everything. You miss your mama, their mama, you know. <laughs> you Brenda got I mean, you cover everything. You know what I mean? You feel on top of the world. You know, right? What I mean? you got the the Dre and uh, Pop collab. You know what I mean? So, if you feel like you need to go against all odds, you know, yeah, what I mean? like, you know what I mean. You need to do. That's you a great cover everything. That Machiavelli, man. Whew, yeah, Tupac, Tupac. <laughs> all right. So, if you could eliminate one food. This food item, no one will ever have to eat again. What food are you destroying? Uh, I would say either, I know you can't just say meat, but I say like, I say like processed food, you know, mm. flour, sugar, stuff like that. I okay. mean, you take now, have you always thought about that, or is that something that you became more that, health conscious as you got that older? Was, that was more health conscious, you know what I mean? Because I go, I had got, I got to put on a lot of weight. And I had a couple of surgeries and stuff. I put on a lot of weight, but as I started trimming down and looking at what I was putting in my body, you know what I mean? Some of the things that I just cut out, and I dropped like 10, 15 pounds like in a week just by wow. not eating this and not eating that, you know what I mean? So, uh, but I, if you. I need- you I know. need to follow your lead. What's some of the things you cut out? Share. Uh, just sugar, flour, processed foods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything that you eat that's real quick and fast, if you cut it out, you, the weight will fall off. Mm, that's it's great anything, advice. Anything that you can eat within like five minutes, 
like going to store and picking it up is process. You know what I mean? Got it's you. made for speed and, you know, and you cut that out. And if you take your time preparing food and stuff like that, you'll lose a lot of weight. But when and you so, and so, so as, and so as you know, I play corner. I look more like I play safety. So I'm trying to make sure I don't look like I play linebacker. So I got to make exactly. sure. <laughs> like, I'm okay. Exactly. Like, I'm still in the secondary. But, you know, <laughs> me, if I don't pay attention, I'm going to look like a, a little outside linebacker. So I got to be, be thoughtful about that. Listen, I got firsthand knowledge of that, man. Because I was already big. I was working out when, just about five, six years ago. And uh, we was at LA Fitness. And uh, <laughs> this dude came up. And he was talking to one of my friends. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I used to train, uh, what was it running back when you were Tyrone Moss, I think. Okay, like, yeah. I used to train Tyrone Moss and, you know, he just talking, 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 talking. And he was, granted, I probably looked like a lineman at that point, but he was like, uh, my homeboy said, hey, yeah, he played for the U. And I ain't get a chance to say nothing. He said, hey, hey, what you play, O-line? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to choke him. Right, right. <laughs> I want right. to choke him, man. Yeah, nah, nah. That, that, that's super funny how that happened. So, yeah, yeah, nah. But but, but, but now you look at, like, the Najee I used to, I used to try to <laughs> go low on as, a, as a young linebacker, man. I mean, as a young running back. Um, last one more question for you. Favorite TV show of all time? I got two, man. It's a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, Z GT and uh, yep. Naruto. Mm. Yeah, so I'm a real I'm an anim anime person. I would watch the anime now. You know what I mean? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, have you always been into it since you were young? Uh, since the very first one I saw mm. was uh, and I caught it like mid season too. It was like it was Dragon Ball. So I really didn't have like a idea what was going on. I was just watching it, you know. I got as it went on, got the gist of you got to find the Dragon Balls, and then then they start the dude just start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And right. You grow up with them. It's different when you grow up with a cartoon and yep. then you got kids <laughs> and then <laughs> got kids. You know what I mean? It ain't like it's the Simpsons where everybody's still the same thirty right. years. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. So take us back, hometown, your early engagement with sports. Take us back. Uh, I wasn't really like a, a sports person, you know, coming up. Like I played like street and uh, call it street ball or a uh, piece in the hood games where you play like, you know, football in the streets and we played against different neighborhoods. I had went out for Optimus one time and uh, I did a, a training camp, what it was called. And then it was time for the first game. And I had to sit in a, a truck with a plastic bag on with a heater running. Like, oh. just like the sweat. I needed to lose like sweat. Five. Lose some weight. Right, right, right. So after that, that first experience, I'm like, nah, this organized football ain't for me. <laughs> mm. So, 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 was this in uh, Miami or was this in, because you're originally from North Carolina, right? You were born in Miami. Right? I, I was born in North Carolina. Right. This is, from, uh, this is in Miami. When did you move to Miami? What age? Uh, seven, eight. Seven. Okay. Seven, eight. Yeah. Now, now, do you, do you go back to uh, Raleigh much? You still have family there? I got my brothers there, but my mom was in school when uh when she had me. That's why I was born in Raleigh. Okay. Okay. And so, it, was, it was out. So, so you, you moved to South Florida. So what part of Miami did you grow up in? Overtime. The town. 
Thomas for life. The swamps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. One of my guys, big bro, actually one of Orange Row board members, Dwayne Starks. I don't know if you know yeah. that. D, yeah. D, D Starks. D Starks is from the yeah, town. Yeah. So he, he's he, on 14th Street over there. He stay. He stay wearing his Thomas for life. So talk about yeah. growing up in the town. Uh, it was. When you don't know no better, you know what I mean? It, it really wasn't an issue because you didn't know no better. You had like your little three mile radius. And I tell uh, I tell people this all the time, you know, it's unfortunately that we got like a three mile radius. So outside your three miles, you really have no clue. And what you think is right norms, the social norms inside your three miles, they become, that's it, you know what I mean? But once you go outside those three miles and you see people doing something different, if you can't adapt, all that stuff gonna look weird to you. I remember the my three miles was you know old town. Then we we moved from old town to like Robin Hood, in the city area. And the mm-hmm. furthest I've been to Miami was 215th Street, a little bit past the stadium. And I ain't getting mm-hmm. there until my senior year in high school. Wow. I had, prior to high school, I had no idea anything existed outside past the stadium. Cause you can see the stadium, but 215th street, anything past the stadium, nothing existed. And- uh, Not not even a beach? Beach. No beach, what's a beach? Wow. <laughs> beach. It, it, we, so went, we went to Hollover, we went to Hollover 163rd. So it's yeah, we, really interesting, like those outside looking in, and, and even you know when I moved from Pittsburgh to South Florida, you think of the palm trees, you think of South Beach, even Fort Lauderdale Beach. You know, you think of that bad boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you got rude awakening, right? <laughs> you, you get into the city, you understand like it's yeah. a different lifestyle. It's so sunny, but it's still hot. Right. It's a different, different lifestyle. lifestyle. That three mile yeah. radius, man. If you don't get outside your three miles, you never really fully understand what everybody else see. It's saying now, man, people say, well, you know, you from Miami, you know, South Beach. Like, man, we don't go to South Beach. Right. <laughs> we don't go to South Beach. That's that three mile radius, you know, so. Yeah, and so, because we work with the, um, we have worked with the grade school student athletes at Frederick Douglass Elementary. Did you go to Douglas? Nah. Okay, but you you know, you know, the, the, yeah. the elementary school is right there. Yeah, yeah, so we, we work with them. It's bright, young, young people there. And uh, you know, we, we really have a good time building building with them. So yes, yeah, so I, I know a little bit about the town. Yeah. And so you talked about, you know, you didn't get a chance to really move until your senior year of high school. So what high school did you go to? Talk uh, about your high school uh, career. Miami Central. Uh, currently we got like eight or nine state championships, but it all started like maybe like a year after I left. Uh, we got, we real known for putting out running backs. We got a, Plethora of running backs is in the league right now. Even right now? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think, I don't I got a, I had a part of it, but I think I was one of the, one of the people who kind of set the path or the tone. Yeah. Or having like a, known, known for running backs, you know what I mean? We got a lot of running backs in the state of Florida, but when you play running back at Central, you you are expected to do a little bit more and be a little different. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to be a little top notch. So uh, when you get a chance, Google all the running backs that came out of Central. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah I'm going to check it out. I mean, you, South you, Florida. You'd be surprised. You, I, I give you like four or five names right now. You'd be surprised. Let's go. 
Uh, Willis McGahey. Oh, yeah, another one. Devontae Freeman. Oh, Dalvin Cook. Come on, man. Yeah, with Jay and Yerby. Uh, dude named Travis Cadet. He played for the Stinks for a while. Uh-huh. I mean, we got it. It's about like four or five more that's, that's playing in the league in college now. Uh, you just, they retire your number and then they, your number would be retired about three or four years. And then when a special guy come through, they come get it. Yeah, they unretired. Yeah. <laughs> so you will see, like you will see, is uh is twos and fours, right? Twos is is funny how twos and fours. I was number four coming out of high school. Yep. My number was retired to uh Cook came. Okay. Cook got my number, and then his younger brother got one because his younger brother's good too. And now his other kid, uh what's his name? I can't think of his name, but he's going to Texas AM. He got mm. four too. So that, but in between those four, with exception of Dalvin and Cook, like the number be dormant. You can't get that number to you special. Mm. Wow. So, That's the same thing go with two, like with Willis number. Yep. But, uh, yep. We had Willis number. Yerby went to UM, had Willis number. So uh, everybody else had like regular numbers. And then, you know, you special, then you, hey, let me get that four, let me get that two. Mm. And, uh, then they show up. So that's love. That's love. But you was you you one that sparked it off the number four though. I actually I wasn't. It was a oh, dude named, okay. uh, Elvis Peacock. <laughs> mm, okay. Like 78 or 79. He went to Oklahoma. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But he had put up, I had broke his records. He had put up a lot of numbers. And then uh I came and I got him. And uh, but his number wasn't retired then. They retired the four after me, but still just to be, you know, part of that. And he, we are on our wall at high school at Central. They got a list of all the people who played uh, professional sports on the wall. That's a big wall. They got like, <laughs> by like 20 names up there now. So, I mean, you leave something behind, you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. So how was the recruiting process for you coming out? We know you went to the U. We'll talk about the U. But what other schools were you considering? Again, I had this three-mile radius. Right. So uh, my ideal of, you know, they used to say, you know, you write your own ticket. So I took that as literally writing my own ticket uh, and going to see going to see things that I always wanted to see. Uh, like I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to go to Chicago. I wanted to go to Mexico. Nice. And uh, when the school from Albany you know, came and he was recruiting me or what have you. I was like, yo, let's, I'm down because I want to, I want to see New York. Right. <laughs> uh, I just didn't know they was talking about Albany, Georgia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they left that one out. They just kept on saying Albany, Albany. Right, Albany. right. <laughs> uh, they pulled up on a bus. I had, at that point, I had flew everywhere else, but yeah, I gave it a shot. I didn't know if Albany was HBCU or not. Right. Albany that's in New York. <laughs> So, you know, I jumped on the bus and about eight, nine hours in, we was there. And you know what I mean? We were still in Georgia. So uh, right. <laughs> that was a that was an eye opener. Uh I went to Illinois. That was uh that was weird. That felt Illinois felt like a college, like mm. a high learning. Yeah, yeah. 
Illinois felt like that. I went to Mexico because uh, a couple of my friends was, I was trying to get them scholarships as well. So I was going to sign on the New Mexico Aggies and they're going to offer uh, three of my homeboys. Oh, wow. A scholarship. Yes. My homeboys, the best thing they ever did was back out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a man of my word. I said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, but the best thing they ever did for me was back out of that deal. <laughs> so they would say they was coming. I would have to stay in New Mexico. I don't know if I would have made it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How about that? And so, so, so you, you go to Miami. How was it playing out Miami, but also being from the area, like, like it being so close to home, how was that balancing act for you? Uh, it was like my first year I stayed on campus. So that was fun. And then they told us they would give us twelve hundred dollars to move off campus. <laughs> you like say less. I'm out of here. Right, right, right. 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 So uh, that first semester I went back home and uh we used to have to work out like six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock. So I had to leave the house like at six fifty-five, seven o'clock to get down to UM by eight to work out. If I left the house at seven oh five, I was gonna be late. There's no question. If I walk out the house at 705, I'm late. Yeah. Uh so I decided, now were you late often? No, no. I okay. get up early. Uh so I decided to move a little closer. So I moved to the city. Now I was taking, you know, again, twelve hundred stipend check a month. I went, I went to the city, got a six hundred dollar apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it was one bed, it was a two bedroom apartment. Me and my homeboy went half and half with it. And uh so I'm coming out of pocket $300. I got like a 20 minute ride to, uh, to school. So I went and got me an expedition. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I had the big body. I had the, uh, the Eddie <laughs> edition. <laughs> Ooh, I know, man, the things, that, the things that we didn't know, you know what I mean? Right. So I had like $900, you know, in my pocket at the end of the month, you know, credit card, rent. Yep. I had about a little good eight eight fifty. Shit, six hundred was going to uh, <laughs> going to right. a photo. <laughs> the things they didn't teach you, you know what I mean. But you know, you pay the price of mine. So, how was it being a student athlete after you? Did they have some support around you all? Tutors yeah, we and things had, like that. Like, how, how how was that? It was pretty cool. Like my, I really didn't need a tutor. I take that back. My first semester, I needed a tutor. Yeah, we had like mandatory study hall. We had yeah, to go through things so, like that. So technically, it wasn't the tutor. It was mandatory study hall. Yeah. The only reason I needed man mandatory study hall and a tutor was because Santana, Tana, when you see this, we had a we had an assignment for freshman studies, right? Okay. None but freshman athletes in this thing: <laughs> basketball, track, volleyball, all freshmen. The assignment was. To either write a 10 page paper on you growing up, whatever, or a 10 page paper on a, a country somewhere, Africa, whatever, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. It's like a country. Gotcha. So I'm a little savvy. I went through there, I grabbed a country, I summarized it, you know what I mean? I went through a summarized everything. Put it on the paper. Mine was good. Okay. <laughs> I, I summarized. I ain't say plagiarized. I summarized it. You know yeah, what I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was good. I don't know who I let. I don't know if I told Tanner or I, 
told, I don't know who I told that this is how I did it. But like two or three days later, I think it was maybe a day before it was supposed to be due. I went down the hall and uh, we had a dude named Marquise Fitzgerald. His mama used to get him everything. So he had a, a computer, him and Kenny Kelly, they were roommates. They had a computer and like the TVs and all that stuff inside their room. Gotcha. So I said, and they had like a little margarita machine to make margaritas and stuff. So I walked by and uh, it was, I think, Tanner and Marquise. Tanner trying to get his paper done. He copy and pasting everything. Oh. <laughs> Just copy and paste. <laughs> Man, come on. You got to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> it just copy and paste. So we, I looked at it. I ain't say nothing, you know, going about my business. Right. So uh, maybe like a week later, two weeks later, we get our papers back. And mine have a, a B crossed out and then the F, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, I played you like, like you could have had this. Like. Right. <laughs> so what I'm assuming she did is she graded mine first. Boom, okay, good job, Najee. You know, B plus, whatever, whatever. Right. And got down a list. Oh, Tyler, you seem very intelligent. Look at that. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right, right. All right. And started reading this some more. And then she went back and read everybody who did a country. So everybody who did a country got an F. Only oh, wow. one person, only one person that I think that I remember was uh, Andre King. And he did like, he wrote about himself. Because he okay. had a basket baseball. He got a, he got like an A or B or whatever. But anybody who did something with a country got an F. Because uh, <laughs> Tanner plagiarized, and I guess she is, she assumed that everybody else is plagiarized. Everybody in it. Right, right, right. Y'all in it together. <laughs> <laughs> so we failed, we failed freshman studies. It was like about a good 10 to 15 of us. That's funny. So, so I, I have a little Santana uh, story, Santana and Reggie. And I actually shared this with Reggie, Reggie Wayne, yeah. uh, when I ran into him. It was at Prime 112. Maybe it was a year or two, two ago. But um, uh, the story is that I was actually on both of their highlight reels when they got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, the place, that's the worst place to be, right? <laughs> right, right. And like, so, so Santana shook me and, and made a move, but I hit him. He like tightrope and he got out of bounds. Yeah. Reggie, he put a move on me. Thank God for the safety because it would have been six. But, uh, but it was pretty funny. I was actually, I was watching the draft that year. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's me. Next, next, a couple more picks later. Oh, shoot, that's me again. Y'all messing up. Y'all messing up my chance, man. That is hilarious. So, 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 so when people talk about the U, you know, they talk about, you know, the era with Ray Lewis, um, um, Michael Irvin, all of them. And y'all area too, era too, man. You all represented the U. Like, how was that? Like, how was the uh, it was like what we knew, you know what I mean? Everybody, everybody who came to the U, I can't speak for the guys uh, that was a year before me, like the EJs, the Bubba, Franks, uh, the Damian Lewis's, those guys, Al Blades. I can't speak for those guys, but just knowing, thinking back, on how they acted and you know what their mentality was. I can only assume that Coach Davis told them the same thing he told us, right? 
Coach Davis came into my mom's house and, you know, he gave his little spiel. And uh, right after he gave his little spiel of what the University of Miami can do and blah, 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 he said, he said, Najee, I need you, <laughs> right? He said, I need you to change this program. I need you to be a leader. I need you, I need you, I need you. Stuff like that, you know what I mean? So yeah. then listening to him tell me how much he need me, it made me feel special. And you know, I've always been a person like, you know, it's some coaches that you play for and it's some coaches that you play for. You know what I mean? It's some coaches that you can, like, as soon as they start talking, you just get up. You know what I mean? It's like, let's go to war type. And that was the type of atmosphere Coach Davis for me, kind of, kind of set. You know, me came in with the tone that you guys are going to be the guys that changed the university. My because we was, we was going down at yeah. thirty dollars shows. You guys are going to be the guys that change, uh, change the university. You gonna change the world, stuff like that. So, go ahead, go ahead. I can, uh, I can remember him asking me. You know, he kind of sat down, kind of like went down the list of who all he was bringing in. <laughs> And he, we did it right in my mom's living room. And uh, he was telling us, he asked me about Santana. And he said, what do you think about Santana? I said, man, Santana fast, yeah. And he said, yeah, we thinking about bringing him in, but he's gonna have to come on a track scholarship. And I'm looking like, you know, man, I don't know if he fast. I think he just do triple jump and track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Triple jump. I said, yeah, I think he just do triple jump and track. He said, no, we're gonna bring him in on a track scholarship and then, you know, switch him over to football once we get all our scholarships back. All right, well, yeah, I think you're a good player, Coach. I think he's going he gonna to play hard. He asked me about Leonard Myers. And, you know, Leonard Myers passed, and I told him I ain't really know him. So I could only assume that if he asked me about Santana and, and Leonard, he probably asked Leonard about me and somebody else. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Kind of see, you know, what we know about each other and what uh what type of mentality we have. Uh, so when we got in there, everybody came with this this mindset that hey, we got to do this for Coach Davis. Hey, we got to, you know, we got to show up. And <laughs> so it was EJ them class. We called them two Gs, and then it was my class called Deuce One, and mm-hmm. then it was everybody else. And that was our mentality. It was Deuce One and two Gs. Versus Erickson boys, we called them. That's anybody that was like a junior, uh, a junior and up. So you, Coach Erickson brought them in. And then, you know, they had like different mentalities. You know, uh, some of them was just real cool. D Starks was one of them. He was Coach Erickson. And uh, D Starks just laid back. He came in and he was just coming to do his thing. Then we had other guys that kind of did like a whole lot of rah rah rah, you know what I mean? That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, that shit didn't. I mean, I'm sorry, that didn't really go well with you know the Deuce One and Two G uh, click. So they always tried to fight us, mm. the jumpers, and we you know we stayed together. We see one of them, we see seven of us. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Type of mentality because them trying to jump on us. That type of mentality went from the locker room to the school, to the club, <laughs> you know Yeah, I mean? everywhere, yeah. So we was always together. So when it's, it wasn't nothing for us to check on our homeboys, like, yo, man, you gotta get this together. Yo, you ain't making your 110s. What's up, talk to me. 
yo, you can't come out with us. After we go run, and we had a guy that just like just flaked on him, flaked on the one tens, and he wanted to come around like laughing and joking and hanging out. Everybody just kind of look at him like, yo, you can't you can't be right here today. Wow, y'all shut it down like that. Wow. <laughs> you can't be right here today. Now we we fought. Like we literally, like one dude, I ain't gonna leave his, I ain't gonna say his name out there. Yeah, like, he be nameless. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh he decided, first of all, it was it was rigged. They say we got one tens is 130 yards. You know what I mean? That's that's the first thing. It's 130 right. yards. It ain't one tens, it's 130 <laughs> yards. Call it what it is, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, what don't kill you only make you stronger. So uh we weren't making our times. And the times that we, you know, on 130 yards, so he was pushing them back. He could have been like, it's 14 seconds, and he is really like 18 seconds. You know what I mean? So we ain't nobody having no watch. We just know it was a little bit harder than it was previously. Yeah. Well, don't kill you, make you stronger. So this dude, <laughs> this dude halfway, like, we got the 16, and then somebody bent over, so we had another one. Mm. Get another one. And somebody was holding on to somebody, and we had another one. So at 19, buddy decided that he had enough of it. And he kind of like, F this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going back. You know, so everybody, hey, yo, 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 yo. Right, right. You, you, F, you. So that's what he was. That's, right. That's how he, right. He was a small dude. He went like he was a little DB or receiver. He was like a left tackle. So he was like, okay. oh, yeah, he'll be dude. Yeah. Yeah. By 300. He walked back to the, he walked back to the, uh, the locker room. So we we finished our one tens, ran to the locker room. Right there, he was in the shower. So we took all this stuff, put it in the middle of the U. So he came out with his tie on, you know, getting you know getting situated, and all this stuff, his keys, his wallet, his car, cane car, all that stuff that he needs in the middle of the U. And when he stepped in the middle of the U. It was on, man. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it, it was on. Wow. I mean, that's just the mentality yeah. about it. You know what I mean? I, in fact, I did a documentary called You Reloaded. Okay. It's on YouTube. It's we'll not listed, it though. I'm having seen the link. Uh, but yeah, it kind of get it is, everything I'm telling you, man, is is there. Wow. That's, that's strong. I mean, I mean, I mean, you even think about that, like the how tight knit you all were. And, 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 it, and it it showed in you all's game. I mean, you all played with a swagger. Y'all played together. Y'all were interchangeable. Like, like I mean, I had a stable running backs. Like, whoever was in, like, they came in to put in work. And, and it showed. Yeah, because <laughs> with a running back situation, you didn't want to mess up. Kosai was a – Kosai had his favorites, but he didn't have his favorites. You know what I mean? It was like gotcha. whoever get the job done. So <laughs> – uh, we watch it. We used to watch film sometime, and uh, this is like my early, like my sophomore and junior year. We watched film, and uh, somebody take a wrong step. You had Clinton Portis in the back. Hey, coach, run that back. <laughs> you say we supposed to step with our left right. foot first on the twelve or right foot. <laughs> so now he put he put tension on that and get that called out. Right. And uh, <laughs> you know, so it like. He does. He did stuff like that, and uh, I mean, it was just—it was competitive. It was definitely competitive, and uh, we just made everybody better. You know what I mean? Like for little stuff like that. 
Love so we, so before we leave your time at the at the U, what's one of your fondest memory there playing a game? Mm-hmm. What stands out to you? We was uh, we was we was, we had just lost to Syracuse, and uh. Sixty-three to thirteen, we lost to Syracuse, and the next week we were supposed to play uh, UCLA, and that game had been postponed for for a hurricane. Yeah. So we uh, we getting we getting ready for practice, and it's raining, and uh, we practicing is a hell. I mean, it's a hailstorm. I mean, it's not hailstorm, but it's like it's coming down, and we just steady right. practice. Steady practicing. Yep. At this point, you know, almost our morale was down, but we had just got blew out <laughs> by yeah. Duncan McNabb and uh and Syracuse. You know what I mean? We right. just got blew out, so we weren't feeling the best. And so we were, a lot of people were just going through the motions, and we was out there practicing, practicing, practicing. And then uh, towards the end of practice, Coach Davis called us, calls us up, and uh, I can't remember what the speech he was saying. But it was it was like a Thursday or Friday or something right before the game, and then uh, it was coming down harder. And he said, uh, "Everybody just hit the locker room." If I remember correctly, everybody just let's go take off. So everybody started running, and he started running. You see the white dude six five, and he just head first dive into this mud pile, right? Mm. And then everybody started diving in the mask. You know I mean? <laughs> so we just we just, just out there in the mud playing around. And uh and the rest is history when it came to UCLA. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Take us <laughs> uh draft day. How was that for you? Where were you? Uh, I was home. I was home the draft day. I had uh I told my not my toe, I had broke my foot. So my my draft status. I don't want to say it was uncertain, but when I be proud of that, it was saying I was going to be like a, a mid-second round. I got, you know, three or four teams telling me they're going to take me in the second round. Then I broke my foot, and then we had a pro day. And I came back, and I completed half of the pro day with a broke foot. I was lucky I got my 40 done. I ran like a couple routes, and uh, then I felt my foot uh, crack again, like my fifth metal torso. So uh, I felt that crack again, and I was uh, I, I don't want to say I was discouraged, but I was I was discouraged, and uh, I got a couple phone calls from uh, different people, telling me not to worry about it. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be that. But at that point, I'm like, man, what you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so when I got the call, I got the call from Green Bay, and. I mean, I was happy. I was like, yeah, I got drafted. Then I'm like, wait, it's Green Bay. <laughs> a bubble there. I said, like, we should be good. But now it's, it's, it's 10 degrees <laughs> negative. Right, right, right. Totally. That was an understatement. <laughs> like my <laughs> negative 20. <laughs> How was it living in Green Bay, Wisconsin? I mean, you talk about going from Miami to Green Bay. Like, that had to be a cultural shock. You know what? It was, it was a little different because – it was good and bad. When I went to Green Bay, it was more, it was a lot of structure. Dealing with the structure is it the thing I think makes or breaks anybody coming into Green Bay. Hi, uh, I am Tita. 
dealing with that structure becomes a I'm a grown man, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tell me I can't go to Milwaukee or I can't go here, I can't go there, as long as I'm back in time. So uh, that was the issue that I think a lot of guys took issue with because uh, of where we was at and it wasn't really nothing to do. But I just stayed in the house. It was, uh, gotcha. it was me. I think Nick came a year after me, but me, uh, one of my old teammates, college teammates, Nick Williams, uh, uh, dude named Hannibal, Nate, uh, what's Hannibal? Bull, Bull. Hannibal yeah. That's my big yeah. brother right there. Yeah, it was That's Bull. Shout out to Bull, yeah. <laughs> it was easily me, Bull, uh, Nick Williams, Nick Barnes, and maybe like another rookie here or there, and we played Halo all day. Well, days we didn't have practice. We played Halo. And uh, this is like right when they started, you know, multiplayer gaming. Before that, we was at we used to be at Bull House or we'd be at Nick House, just playing Halo like on a four splitter. <laughs> yeah. And then when uh, the multiplayer came out, uh, we was at home doing it. And I know we'd be on the microphone and all that. <laughs> and I never forget uh, this little dude, this little white kid. He couldn't be no more than ten. Oh, he cussed Bull out so bad. <laughs> <laughs> because of the game? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask him about that. Oh man. Oh, that used to be oh that was that was so funny, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you suck. <laughs> oh, I gotta man. ask about that. With Green Bay, what is this the tradition of riding a bike? Is that like during camp? What is that? Oh yeah, that's training camp. And uh the walk from like the from the stadium and locker room to where we actually practice, practice, maybe like 300 yards. And so they, uh, you know, I guess, I guess it was further back in the day. Uh, so they have kids like bike riders link up there and, you know, take you over to practice or whatever. And usually you get one, that'd be your guy every day. And they come to practice every day so you can ride their bike. Mm. Uh, so my guy was Corbin. Osbury. And uh I was last time I talked to him, he graduated. I think he he's not married yet, but I think he was going into the military at one point. Wow, okay. Uh when he started well, I can't that, that long. When he's when I started riding his bike, he was like 10 or 12. Yeah, Corbin Ash Osbury. I went to his house a couple of times, met his parents. But that was just, you know, that's just who I am. Now, now, did y'all, y'all right, was it just before practice, before and after? It used to be just before. Before practice. Yeah. Yeah, I always see those cool shots of that. The, um, so, so you know, you played with the Steelers, you played with a couple teams. What's some of your fondest memories playing in the league, on-field memories? On At least one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. I got two. Okay. Got two. My my first one is uh in Green Bay with uh with Brett. Like the game before we played the Detroit Lions and uh I ain't really know no better, you know what I mean? A mom wasn't playing, the dude in front of me was named Rundell Mealy, and he wasn't uh he was having a bad game. I think the first he started, the first series he had uh Offsides, a fumble, a drop pass. 
I mean, it was just it was just yeah. Bad. It started out. It started out rough. Yeah. It was it was bad, and then uh, so they put me in. I think I had like twenty carries, for like a hundred some yards. I was just having fun, you know what I mean. The pressure yeah. wasn't on me. Uh, that next week we came. We was in the locker room, and you know, I'm laughing and joking like I usually am. And he come in, take off his clothes, and uh, Red Reggie McKenzie. I think he he was with the Raiders. He might be with the Dolphins now. He's like the player personnel. He had came and told him, "Let me see him. Let me see you for a second. So Rondell took off with him, and I'm still telling my stories and whatnot. You know, laughing and joking. And uh, it was, I'm talking to Amon Green and Tony Fisher. T. Fish, my dog. We played yeah. in a uh, couple of uh, All-Star games together out of, in Ohio. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, good folks. Uh, so uh, T. Fish was, you know, talking. And he's had me paranoid all the time after this. Uh, so Rondell came back and uh, he sat down and he started crying. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what's wrong? Like, we think somebody died or whatever. Right. They just, they just cut me. And the first day, me and Fish said, we still can get cut. <laughs> 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 I mean, we were rookies, you know what I mean? Got you. <laughs> so uh, that that next week, uh, I was start, I started a game. And uh, we did a kickoff return, came back, we in the huddle. And I don't know if Brett just seen it in my eyes. They might have been this big. <laughs> yeah. He would just tell me, hey, just calm down. It's going to be all right. And he started singing 50 Cent in the club. No. <laughs> so after that, I was good. You know what He's I mean? He's trying to connect with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, real yeah. talk, real talk, Brett, Brett cool like that. He got a That's lot of, uh, he got a lot of personality. He know a lot, you know, about coach, hip hop coaching and stuff like that. Don't That's let him them whiskers fool you, man. He's a real good dude. Uh, Speaking of Brett, we um one of the uh, the guys who joined our performance invitation, our summer academy, uh, Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And so he actually, uh, the question was posed to him, like, who did you look up to? He spoke about Brett Favre, and he had nothing but great things to say about Brett. So how was it playing with Brett? Uh, it was cool. It was laid back. It was it was really laid back. He joked always. You know, he checked on you, whatever. But he was. He wasn't no guys that kind of like stood off. He was always like it. I don't want to say like a team player, but he was like, you know, the quarterback that kind of inspire you in the movies. Yeah, I think every movie that you see a quarterback that kind of inspire you was based off Brett. How about that? Wow. So, I mean, that's the type of dude he was. Uh, my my next one is Pittsburgh. My first carry in, in Pittsburgh was uh against the Kansas City Chiefs. My I had been playing maybe like three weeks. I've been there for like three weeks and uh Bill Collar was Bill Collar was the the head coach. Yep. So I'm going through practice. I'm doing special teams and whatnot. And every week he can tell me, hey we're gonna try to get you in this week. And we're gonna try to get you in this week. So, uh, you know, after that second time, you know, I'm just gonna do my job. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Uh, I don't know what happened, but we were playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And in this sequence of plays, it was a kickoff return, I believe. I took a kickoff turn back, maybe like 20, 30 yards. Then we went three and out, so we had a punt, and I was on the punt team. 
right? So we're putting the ball off. You write down on kicks, yeah. So then like another two or three plays, and then they was I was on the punt return team, and I ran all the way down, and then I got the wall all the way back. And uh, so I, whew, right, right, <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I get I get to the sideline and pull my helmet off. And, Damn boy, that <laughs> you know, <laughs> ran to him. Got to put the hell back on right. Yeah, so I'm thinking like the next play or something. Get in there. So I ran in there and uh, the play. I don't know what happened to Willie, but the play was Willie. Uh, uh, Willie Parker. Yeah, Willie Parker. Yeah. So uh, Ben had kind of met me out. Hey, you know, 24 hours. So, all right, cool. I'm still. So uh, <laughs> first two, first two or three seconds of the play, after I'm like, I'm real patient with it because I'm, I'm still a little winded. Take my open step, my restart, I press the hole a little bit, and I, I can just fall forward a little bit, and then the backside just opened up for me. I got to get what I got now. So yeah, I right, right. Went back. So it's me and uh, is it Ty Law? I think it's Ty. It was either Ty Law or the other safety for the Chiefs. Uh, I can't think of his name. Right okay. Now. He came at me, and I don't know if he hesitated or he slowed up or something like that, but he came at me, and I just real hard, stiff on right to the face, and he, he went straight down. Mm. So it looked like like I was Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry. Right. <laughs> Be small, right. right. I, I pushed his head into the ground, took off, and started running. I ran past the whole Kansas City secondary. Everybody I can see in that jungle strong, like that was a threat. Yep. Had no chance of catching me. I okay. had like another 20 yards to go. And uh I ain't started cruising. I just got tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at I'm looking at uh it was what was it? I can't Pat. It was Pat. I'm looking Sir at the thing. Yep, yep. At the corner, on the right corner. So he running. I said, I got him. He about like a good 15 yards behind me. I got him. Okay. And someone said, look up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I look up. And I'm tired. But I see uh, what's the, he got in trouble for steroid use. But he played defense end for Minnesota. Then he went to uh, Jared, I think. Allen? Yeah, Jared Allen. He played yep, yep. end, right? Yep. Jerry Allen coming on my backside, full speed. Right, <laughs> I, I hit it a little bit. I don't got no more gas, man. Come right. on, come, come make the tackle. <laughs> <laughs> so on camera, on camera, you can just see me smiling before you even get to. You just see me a big old smile on my face. <laughs> He's like, I'm running out of gas. I got. That. <laughs> uh, I think BC asked me like, you know, hey, you know, great run. Well, what are you smiling at? At Cole, I was, my tank was empty right about then, Cole. Right. <laughs> so I went to break it down, like the transition of this, that, and the third. Ah, so you got excuses then. Nah, nah, Cole. I'm just going to get out there early and run a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so with Orange Arrow, our mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field, off the track, out of the pool wherever the playing arena may be. Why is it important for a student to be successful outside of their sport? It's important because sports ain't forever, right? 
like any sport that you play is going to be the best temporary job you have professionally, right? Playing sports at a collegiate level, high school level is a lot of fun. You learn a lot, you meet a lot of people. But in today's society, man, it's this real life. Any aspirations you have of making them become a professional athlete is going to be the best temporary job you're going to ever have, right? Depending on how you play and how you use your, you take care of your money, it can treat you good or it can treat you bad. But having something that you're passionate about outside of sports, having something that you can earn a living for outside of sports, having something that you can build a career a career off of that outside of sports is going to be the best thing to have. It's going to be like life insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. You take care of yourself. Awesome. Najee, thank you for your time. Time is the most valuable asset. I appreciate your continued support. Looking forward to catching up soon in, in the near future. All right, take care, boss. Take care.